Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast as Henshaw Trailers of Richland, Iowa presents high school basketball in Southeast Iowa. Scotty Pippen, welcome to the program, Scott. Hey, good morning. So uh, I had a great, exciting weekend. Uh, uh, really got to delve into a lot of basketball. I found some uh, YouTubes and some Facebooks, and uh, I went to the uh, Sigourney Kyoto game. That was our big rivalry of the week that we had. Uh, I, I got to talk to both coaches. Um, I got to see a, a packed house. I got to see all the Sigourney fans and all the Kyoto fans, and it was uh, – just an amazing experience of, uh, you know, the people in the crowd was real friendly and uh, the teams really went at each other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sigourney came out on top, but uh, after this program, you're going to be able to listen to both the Sigourney and the, the uh, Kyoto coach. Uh, so that was a great game. Uh, Sigourney won 50 to 40. Sigourney, uh, really made it tough on Kyoto in the paint. I mean, it was, I mean, and they, that's Kyoto's game. Kyoto tries to push the ball right up close to the basket and uh, they kept doing it, but Sigourney just wasn't having none of it. You know, Sigourney's a very good, uh, a, a patient team. You know what I mean? They don't seem to have a, a superstar athlete that they're trying to get the ball to all the time. You know what I mean? They seem to distribute the ball well. They seem to pass well. They seem to uh, be very patient, you know, and it paid off. They had a nice big win. And I'm pretty interested to talk to the coach. Another game that I watched and I really wanted to, uh, you know, say how proud I was of the Tumble Bulldogs. Uh, they played uh, Des Moines Hoover, a team they hadn't beaten in a decade or two, I don't think. And, man, they handled them. And, man, they played good, Scott. I don't know if. I hadn't seen anything of them, or I don't really know what their record is or anything, but uh, it went up against this big powerhouse of a Des Moines school, and they really played well. I think Des Moines' best player was out with something, but, uh, um, I mean, it was a, like a 10-point win, and, uh, you know, every nice. time that uh, Des Moines Hoover was getting it back into the game, you know, Tumble really took it to him. Really, really proud of him, okay? So uh, here's some of the teams that I've been able to follow either on the radio or on uh, 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 YouTube now. So anyway, t talk to me about Winfield. I got to watch a bunch of Winfield games, and uh, they had some games. How they do this week? Well, uh, Winfield had, to my knowledge, just this game on Saturday, um, and I could be wrong about that. I don't know if they played Friday or not, but Saturday, they played against Prince of Peace, who yep. I know nothing about. I, I must be some uh, smaller private school in the state of Iowa. I don't know what town they, they come from or anything. So uh, that one was kind of a mystery to me. But but they handled them easily. I mean, uh, the final score was 63-29. to 29, And uh, they were up 17-2 to 2 after the first quarter. So th it was never in doubt. And... Um, Oh, the Edwards boys, Abram Edwards, he had a big night, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Um, his little brother, Jake, had five three-pointers in the game, had 15 points, and Cam Buffington had 14. So those uh, that trio of uh, 
Waco, or I'm sorry, Winfield's most, Winfield Mount Union's most talented players had a big night. And I imagine that all happened pretty early. So they're sitting pretty. They're, they're um, only lost to Waco so far and just kind of quietly rolling up maybe the best, one of the best seasons of, of anybody in Southeast Iowa right now. Now, uh, the big weekend for Waco, they had a Friday and Saturday, didn't they? They did. They sure did. They they played Cardinal, who is a tough team, and I don't know what the record is, but I see them in that uh, 2A sub-state uh, or district, I should say, in the postseason with along with Mid Prairie and some other great teams. It's going to be real tough, and uh, Waco handled them, but barely. It was 49-45, and they had to come back from being six down going into the fourth, but they got it done, and uh, that's a big win for them. Simeon Reichenbach was the, the scoring leader in that game. And he's in a, if you've watched any of the Waco uh, games on YouTube or whatever, you'll see that Simeon is a he's a very aggressive player. And so I expect him to have some nights like that where he's the leading scorer. He doesn't always doesn't always finish, but man, this kid can get to the hoop. I mean, it's like turning your your stud running back loose, for, you know, on a drive in basketball. I and mean, he he is a, a very powerful young man. In the video game uh, that I saw, there was a, a player named, I believe, Hughes. Yeah, Hunter Hughes is is he's my he's my personal favorite on that Waco team. If I was to pick one player, just because of the fact that he does everything, he can he can drive the ball, he can run the offense, he plays great defense, he rebounds, he does everything you can do as a basketball player, and uh, he's just got a he's got a great head for the game, and he's only a sophomore. You know, I mean, yeah, I watched parts of three different games that they'd played, and uh, this kid is undersized, but gets inside the paint and goes, doesn't he? Well, he's—I I don't know if I'd call him undersized. I, I mean, I see what you're saying because he's young, so he's got the—he's got the frame of a sophomore in high school. He's—but he's got height, you know, and length in his arms and, and stuff. Well, what I'm and saying is, the guys he's going up against are bigger than him, and he's still, okay. you know, not yeah. not intimidated yeah. or nothing, and he scores. That's what I'm saying. He'll, he'll find his way, you know, down into the post uh, when shots go up and, and be a, a potent rebounder. I mean, he's he's all over the place in the games I've watched. So, so he's really stood out to me so far. So after they got past Cardinal, who did they play Saturday? And, and it makes you wonder with that close game with Cardinal, and I'm not saying that, that Waco's a lot better than Cardinal or whatever, but you wonder, were they looking ahead to the big game on Saturday against New London? It's that makeup game that, that the uh, our little blizzard uh, – caused a postponement there a week ago. So big game at New London. We already know New London's beaten Waco earlier this season in Wayland in overtime. Waco gets the win 67 to 48. And when I saw the scores, I didn't get to watch the game until after the fact. I watched it on YouTube. But uh Yeah, I did too. Uh, well you, you had to be wondering what in the world no, happened. It, 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 remind me if I'm not correct, but the score was pretty close even in the, as the third quarter ended, wasn't it? It was. They um, were only up by five. The Warriors were up by five entering the fourth, 51 to 46. And it just. Because I had kind of had a glimpse of the score and I just kind of started skimming through this. And I kept saying, wow, it's pretty close at the half. Wow, it's pretty close at the third quarter. I said, well, it's, this wasn't some walkaway game, was it? We, yeah, and that's to be expected, of course. I expect this to be quite a quite a dogfight between these two. They're two of the best small school basketball teams in our area, you know. And New London's not been beaten yet. Well, that and, would have been uh, a, another great rivalry know, game. Uh, we, it was we designated a rivalry game that week, but then it got rain snowed out. But it did look like there was a big crowd, didn't it? 
yeah, it looked like a full house. I watched it on YouTube. Like I said, I already knew what the result was, but I wanted to see how it transpired, you know, and, and uh, you know, what actually happened that, that made this score get out of hand or appear to be at the end. And, and honestly, I, I didn't see any like major onslaught by Waco there in the fourth quarter, just kind of steadily, they, they hit baskets and new London didn't new London. Uh, they just had shots not fall. And, um, they had some turnovers and Waco just kind of slowly expanded that lead from five to, you know, the, the final where they win by 18 or whatever. And, uh, they, they just, uh, it wasn't what I'd call a runaway win. They just kind of slowly chipped away into a, a, a big deficit. Well, real quick, what, what do these two wins do for Waco? Well, it sets them up pretty good going into, you know, the final part of the final leg of the season. Um, I guess it gets them to, that South division of their conference where Danville's in the lead right now because of this game, that uh, Waco victory put new London down to second Waco's third, because they do have three losses in, in the conference, but uh, they are three good losses if there is such a thing. So they're sitting pretty, I, you know, right now, if they're healthy with the, the depth that they have and the talent that they have, the size and everything, the way they move the ball, they're still kind of my favorite, even though they're the third place team. I know Danville's great. They very easily could be the team that comes out of that that conference or that division uh, when we get into the playoffs. And so could New London. Let's let's not forget that New London was playing Friday night, or I'm sorry, Saturday night against Waco without Kate Benjamin, who is arguably their best player. I know Blaze Porter probably is is uh, most people's pick for that, but Kate's a he's a big, powerful kid. And he's, he's one of those that would cause a team like Waco a lot of problems because he gives them a size matchup that a lot of other teams don't have. And he was not playing due to injury. So you got to factor that in. I don't know if he would have made up uh, 18 points if he was in there. Uh, I still feel like Waco did what it took to win no matter how the chips fell. But, but that's a pretty big loss for New London to not have Benjamin on the floor. Listen, uh, you mentioned uh, Danville, and I wanted to welcome some new listeners that we got at Danville, West Burlington, Fort Madison, and Burlington. You know, uh, I'd uh, been a little embarrassed that we had never got into those markets, you know. But uh, if you guys are in those markets, believe me, we're going to talk about your teams, and that's for certain. But uh, I'm going to keep going down my list of the teams I wanted to talk about. And real quick, let's go over Hillcrest. They had another nice week, didn't they? Hillcrest Academy. Uh I don't remember. Did they, they played two games. They played Columbus and that was one we talked about with, I don't know much about Columbus. I don't know if no, you do. They but, come out real good on the, 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 I mean, I don't know exactly who they play, uh, played, but I remember they got a, at least a, a good win, maybe two this weekend. They did get two um, against Columbus. I thought that might be a good uh, matchup there and, and a close game, but it wasn't. Hillcrest just blitzed them from the tip off and, they were a sharp, sharp little team, and I really enjoy. I really enjoy watching them. And uh, well, anyway, good, good on you, Hillcrest Academy. Uh, you're looking dangerous now. Uh, uh, here's a team uh, uh, a little closer to my uh, to my area. I guess Pekin had uh, a nice little week, didn't they? Oh uh, yeah, I've only got them down for one game. I don't know if they played two as well. They did beat Louisa Muscatine. I know you were thinking about checking that one out, and you thought that they that would be an opportunity for them to roll up another win, and they got it, uh, 45 to 34. Yeah, I watched a little bit of their game with Winfield uh, and a couple other games that they played, and uh, look, they're, they're, they're no pushover. And uh, 
I think they're, I think, anyway, I just wanted to celebrate, you know, the, you know, I don't, maybe only played one game, but I think they got an, another win earlier this week. And uh, I think they won three out of four. And uh, yeah, and it was a really good performance against Sigourney. So if you're uh, in the Pekin area, uh, uh, support that team. They're, they're coming around. It's a real pickup on, on how things are going. Okay. Uh, touch base with me on Fairfield. Did you keep up with Fairfield? They're a little harder to follow um, for me because the, the news outlets and stuff that I pay attention to, they're not real great on. Like, yeah. Down uh, to that, but, they, but uh, I do have a score here with uh, now they played Burlington. I believe it was, it was Friday night and Burlington beat them. Um, by 11 points, 63 to 52. And Burlington's one of those teams that started out strong. And, and like I said, they got into playing some of these bigger schools from up north and, and took some lumps, but they're kind of back on track now and they're looking pretty good. Fairfield, a little bit of a slump right now. And I don't know if that's due to anything on their end or just the, the quality of opponents. Uh, I'm not sure what their record is. I still think they have a team that can challenge, you know, to make a run here in the postseason for sure in 3A, but, but uh, they are definitely taking, uh, taking some, some lumps here lately. All right. Now, how about Mount Pleasant? They seem like they're, they're kind of, you know, they're up and down a little bit, but they seem like pretty scrappy and doing pretty well. I think they're a very good team. I think uh, they're just a notch below some of these other 3A schools in our area, um, but not, not as, not as much as their record would indicate. They've just played a brutal schedule. Um, and they, they lost to Washington Friday night, but they played them tough. It was 56 to 45. I saw Ethan Patterson was the leading scorer. It was a neck and neck game. It got down towards the end and, uh, Washington nailed some big time threes from Patterson and, uh, that Washington's on what I call a demon roll, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're very tough to beat, man. That's a, that's a real solid team. Like I said, they, they remind me a little bit of Waco, just some tall athletic kids, no, ginormous big man or anything like that no one superstar but several guys that contribute yeah they they definitely distribute the ball around they don't have no superstar mentality but man they're good at everything they're just yeah. good at the fundamentals and they just you know they dribble well they shoot well they make good decisions they shoot threes they shoot inside they rebound they are they're a joy to watch and they're a machine yeah. to watch yeah so what I, I don't know about you, but what I've noticed from all those teams that I've watched, uh, you know, what little bit I've seen in person and then on, on YouTube film or streaming games or whatever, but the teams that have uh, the ability to crisply move the ball amongst themselves seem to be doing the best. The, the guys that are, that are really good at moving the ball around and uh, doing it quickly and finding, finding quick buckets and stuff like that. I don't know. They just seem to be uh, one of those teams and, and they're having a lot of success with it. So uh, uh, let's talk about Fort Madison, the real big dog in that division. Well, they're, they're still unbeaten. Um, I saw they played over the weekend. I believe they played in that huge Quincy shootout, which growing up in Illinois, that in my part of the state, that was the event of the year um, and still is because it's, it's teams from all over the kind of the tri-state area, Missouri, Illinois, and Iowa to get to get invited to this thing. And there are times when you see some big time talent from Chicago or somebody that in Quincy, of course, is always great. But um, as far as the smaller schools, you know, Fort Madison came down, they played a, a 
crossed the river game against West Hancock, Illinois, which is from my neck of the woods. And uh, I don't know how good West Hancock is, but I think they're doing okay. Um, and Fort Madison handled them easily. I don't have a final score because they're another one that up here we don't we don't see a lot of coverage of those guys down in the corner. That's why it's hard to cover the Danvilles and the Burlington. I know. I know what. Uh, maybe I'll call KILJ or something and see if I can interview their sports guy. Because uh, I hate to mention this, but you're going on vacation, aren't you? Yep. Yep. I'll be out of the country for for a little while. Well, smoking up the sun, <laughs> but. Uh, I'll be paying attention to scores. I just, I'll have Wi-Fi. I just won't have the ability to call or text. Well, at least you'll be able to keep up. But I've got a few guests to try and replace you now. Uh, I want to switch back to a little smaller school that's dominating and, and deserves a lot of our focus and attention, and that is Mid-Prairie. How about these guys? Well, we last episode, I think we uh, we were trying to go through the list of upcoming games, and I, and I remember saying they play Comanche uh, Friday, and I don't know anything about them. Well, as it turns out, Comanche is, is, is there's a little bit of a history and rivalry there, and uh, they are state ranked. So this was a huge test for for Mid Prairie and Comanche. I read the other day is the team that knocked Mid Prairie out of the uh, I believe the sub state semifinal last year in two A. So this has kind of got a, a revenge factor thing for. Uh, for Mid Prairie to, get, to uh, get over the hump and, and win this game, and they did it. It was a tight one, but they won fifty-one to forty-six Friday over Comanche. Wow! I wish I was there for that. Playing. I mean, I just can't. Uh, I can't be everywhere at once, but uh, I, I'm sure enjoying this tour that I'm taking. You know, seeing different stadiums and or different courts, and you know, different levels of support, and and talking to people. I, you, you really find out about things from the stands, from the people that are following the teams. So yeah, yeah. Uh, is there any other team that you wanted to, to mention before we start talking about what's coming up? Well, I don't think so. I think we got to, got to everything. I'd just like to mention real quick that we are down to two undefeateds here in Southeast Iowa. And this late in the season, that's pretty good. Uh, Mid Prairie being one of them and Fort Madison being the other. Fort Madison's a solid number one in the uh, 3A pole, man. They're, they're the top dog in 3A well, right we're now. We're playing, you know, them interstate games, I, I I think that's really good for your program, you know, to play. It is. And, and so it's just a different level of talent, a different mentality, you know. I mean, it. Uh, you tend to play the same teams over and over, you know, and kind of, you know, and maybe you, you face a team in the playoffs that's not playing like that. So that's, that's well, really and good. It, and we're playing high-level – high ranked teams and still beat them. So that, that's the thing I'd like to uh, bring up about Fort Madison real quick is these guys aren't just winning. They're, they're winning big. I mean, nobody's come close to beating them that I know of. I think Washington probably gave their best game, but man, they were down 20 to five after the first quarter in that one. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a real good game. So we'll see how it goes the next time they play, but Fort mm -hmm. Madison is just a, a step above everybody else right now. Well, Maybe we'll catch them if they play close to the area sometime. I believe the do, next do you time know it, it should be up here. I hope that's uh, at a time where I can go check it out. And I, I'm not trying to stretch you to from Burlington to Oskaloosa here, but did you hear anything about Oskaloosa? I know Round Guy would be mad at me if we didn't mention Oscaloosa. <laughs> right, that's his. Uh, that's his town. Um, I have not. I think. I think what what I need to do is dive into some of the Ottumwa news sources a little deeper so I can see well, some of those. This Ottumwa radio group on Facebook, they're covered the Ottumwa Bulldogs and the Davis County team. And they're both fun to watch. And so, yeah, I, I might have to, I'm going to have to reach out to them too 
and and try and stretch this out but we we can't do everything so we're yep. uh we got about eight minutes left uh let's talk about what's what's coming up and pick out our rivalry game for the for the monday or tuesday games that we got well hey i mean we all we got to do is uh look to tonight there's a couple interesting games on the schedule um and of course again i don't know where they are i don't know who's home and who's away but Atumwa is playing washington oh my god um, don't know how tough of a matchup a tumble will be for Washington this year. Well, Tumble's coming be, off pretty big win. They might yeah. be in pretty good, uh, pretty good spirits. That'd be fun to watch. That's tonight, huh? Should be, should be a good game. Well, that, I should at least find a. Oh yeah, it'll be on TV. Good. Yeah, maybe I'll get to get home tonight after work and everything, and check out YouTube. Fairfield plays Davis County tonight. That could be a decent. Oh, game. and that'll be Fairfield. on TV too. So that's a couple good looks for us. Fairfield's in, in need of uh, getting on a little hot streak here, I think. So, I know, think that'd be a fun game. That'd be a fun game. Davis County's fun to watch. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Tuesday's kind of the typical uh, boys basketball and girls high school basketball night. So, what KCII's showing, Mid Prairie's going to play Iowa City Regina tomorrow night. Ooh. I don't know anything about Regina. Um, we got Washington scheduled to play Esterville. Um, I don't know if that's actually a thing or if that's a glitch <laughs> here, but uh, it's possible. The Wise of Muscatine and Highland, uh, Wapalo and Lone Tree. Columbus plays Pekin tomorrow. Uh, another chance for Pekin to keep on winning, I think. Yeah, I might catch that game. Now, here's a huge one. Um, well, two huge ones. Mediapolis is going to play Winfield, according to KCII, tomorrow night. That That's a big matchup there. Um, going to be uh, very interesting to see who comes out on that one. And then uh, they've got, they've got, this is where, this is where it gets glitchy. They've got Waco scheduled twice tomorrow night. One, one says they're playing against West Burlington. The other says Van Buren. I don't know which is right. I'm inclined to think they play Van Buren, but uh, we'll have to check on that. You guys are going to have to bear with this because me and Scott are doing our dangest, but uh, it, the information isn't hot. Uh, well, let's, let's mention Henshaw trailers again. I haven't mentioned them, you know, but uh, we wouldn't be able to have this program without Corwin Henshaw's uh, sponsorship of this program. If any guys, you know, want to help us and advertise with us or get your, your business mentioned up here, you know, it would help us because it's, this is just, you know, there's more expense to it than you think. But anyway, Corwin Henshaw, Henshaw trailers, you need a stock trailer, you need a dump trailer, you need, you need to move your cattle, you need to move your equipment talk to Corwin. All right, back to what you were saying. Sorry about that. No worries. You got to mention Corwin. Um, and then uh, moving ahead to Friday, um, if this is all correct, Burlington and Washington face off, and that's a big one because um, Burlington is no slouch and they're, they're back to winning again. So. Yes, yes. Washington's got a, a quality week ahead as far as opponents from what I can see here. A little test. Yeah, and uh, Mid Prairie's got Bellevue on Friday. I don't know anything about Bellevue right now. I'm not betting against Mid Prairie in any given night. There, they seem to, as far as I'm concerned, to be the most complete team that we have in Southeast Iowa outside of Fort Madison, um, and they're just rolling. Uh, Winfield and Wapalo—that's a pretty big game. I, I think Winfield will win that one, but Wapalo is my dark horse team. They just—they've lost some games, but they—they they seem capable of playing with anybody. Yeah. And then uh, Kyoto plays Tri County. Um, hopefully, they can get back on their <laughs> on their winning ways. Yeah, Tri County hasn't even won yet. They're on the opposite end of that. 
Yeah, they're they're a little school, and I remember they didn't get to field a, a football team, and they're an eight man. So I think they're just kind of short on students and athletes, or student athletes over there right now. So that should be a good opportunity for Kyoto to grab another another uh, W. And Sigourney plays Bell Plain according to the schedule on Friday. And I don't know anything about Bell Plain. I have seen the, some them in some scores, and they've won some games. I expect that to be a, a tight one. Well, I'll get a chance to talk to both coaches. Like I say, again, if you're listening to this, just stay listening because right after this, it's, I'm going to make this one episode and we're going to talk to the coach in Sigourney and the coach in Kyoto. So, you know, and we're going to try to do a lot more of that. So, yeah, what else are we looking at? Well, I want to I want to rewind real quick back uh, to previous games because speaking of Burlington and, and I've been trying to keep a closer eye on some of those teams in the in the corner of the state there that are in our area that we're trying to cover that is harder to dig up info on but they uh, beat Clear Creek and Mana sixty three to forty the other night Saturday and Clear Creek in three A I believe has spent time in the top ten if they're not right now they're considered a a, a very good three A basketball team and Burlington. Smoked them so. Um, I know when you're in the top ten, you're like in the top ten of like three hundred. I mean, when you're in the top ten, you're in the top ten of like three hundred teams, aren't you? You know what? I don't know how the uh, how the breakdown goes. I, I know three A tends to be the smallest class in, in basketball in Iowa. One A, two A, and four A seems like they've got more schools. Uh, so, and I think Burlington's in three A now. So that was, you know, you'd consider that uh, two even-sized schools, give or take. And uh, like I said, Clear Creek's great, and Burlington beat them soundly. Well, we're down to a couple minutes. Uh, what do you got uh, for our listeners uh, in the last two minutes? So keep them interested. Uh, one that I overlooked, Mount Pleasant did beat Central Lee Saturday. So they, you know, in their big weekend, Mount Pleasant um, may have dropped that tight game where they played really well against Washington, but they have a victory uh also so um they're still they're still in the mix they're just a notch below some of these other schools like the fort madisons and the washingtons and the burlingtons and 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 uh those so that's pretty much all i've got for the moment well tell our listeners where you're going this weekend well uh you know i don't know how how this is gonna go because i've never done it before but uh as a christmas gift my lovely girl got me uh got us a trip booked to go on a cruise we're gonna drive down to florida not my favorite thing to do i'm not a big car road trip guy but we're gonna leave from florida and uh sail off to an island off the coast of honduras and we're gonna come back and we're gonna hit belize and we're gonna see some mayan ruins which is uh you know i never it's not something i ever thought i'd see and i can't wait um so we're just gonna soak up some sun see some sights and uh we'll be out at sea for about a week in the Caribbean, and and then we'll be back up into the uh, tundra here after, you know, the first week of February. Well, so. maybe you can warm us up with a few stories of that when you get back. But uh, enjoy yeah. yourself, and thanks for your contribution. Last week, you were the highest-rated show on the program, and I think you were the highest-rated show the week before. Uh, everybody enjoys your commentary, Scott. So thanks a lot. Uh Hang in there, guys. We're going to have a couple of coach interviews put in there together, too. Thanks for your time, Scott. You got anything else? Nope. I'm just looking forward to listening to the Sigourney and Kyoto coaches talk about their teams. It's it's good to hear from the coaches. I think that's great. It's really and, good uh, to get right get in there, more. you know, with the guys that are living it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hang in. Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast. As 
Henshaw Trailers of Richland, Iowa presents high school basketball in Southeast Iowa. Whether you need a stock trailer or a dump trailer or you need to haul your equipment, you might as well get a good quality trailer and you might as well get it from a guy who's been in business for almost 50 years. Corwin Henshaw is the man to talk to for trailers. Now on the phone with us is uh, the coach of the Sigourney Savages, Mitch Eslick. Mitch, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Dave. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to this. Okay, so uh, we highlight on uh, uh, rivalries. You know, we, we cover high school basketball in Southeast Iowa, but it's so big and there's so much going on. We just kind of pick uh, rivalry games each week, you know, and, and we pick Sigourney twice, uh, your rivalry with Pekin. And then uh, I was uh, able to attend the game uh, you just had with Kia Cut. Talk a little bit about those two rivalries and what they mean to your team and your community. Yeah, uh, two great rivalries, uh, you know, in, in our community. You know, obviously, uh, both being really close. You know, Pekin's about you know, 10, 15 minutes down the road. And then, you know, Kyoto, you, you know, you throw in that whole dynamic with football and playing together. And, you know, that they're probably our biggest rival. But, you know, Pekin's a pretty big rival, too. And, and you know, to be completely honest with you, those teams have, have really put it on us here these last handful of years. You know, two two pretty strong programs, uh, you know, in all sports, but specifically in basketball. And, you know, so to be able to beat both those teams here in the last uh, two weeks uh, has been fun for our kids and, and, and for our, our program and, and kind of a, a big step forward for us uh, uh, as far as uh, kind of where our basketball program is. And uh, it, this is my, you know, my 11th season uh, coaching as a head coach, had one year as the assistant under uh, the legendary coach Dave Tremel uh, here at Sigourney. Uh, and uh, and then uh, took over as head coach. And in my 11 years, this is the first time that we had beaten Pekin uh, this year. And, uh, and we, we've beaten Kyoto a handful of times, but it had been, I think, three or four years. I think it had been about uh, six or seven years since we'd won over at Kyoto. So uh, a couple of huge wins for, for our program, for sure, here in this last couple of weeks. And, and But just regardless of, you know, what your record is or what their record is. Those are, those are two games that the kids have circled on the, on the calendar every year, uh, just because they know the kids so well. I mean, they're so close. They, you know, they play baseball together growing up and they, you know, play against each other in junior high and, and, and they, you know, they hang out, you know, in the same social circles and just, uh, you know, such a, uh, unique, uh, situation in small town, Iowa in general, but, uh, but, uh, two games that, uh, you know, we play Kyoto twice every year and then we, we pay, play peak and just once as a non-conference game. Uh, those are three games that our kids really, really get up for. And uh, uh, they definitely did this year. And it was nice to, to get a couple wins here uh, in January against both those uh, really solid basketball programs. Well, I was at your, uh, the game with, Ki- with uh, Kyoto. And uh, you know what, what uh, really impressed me was uh, how, uh, how hard your defense worked to deny everything under the basket. Uh, Kyoto likes to push the ball right up to the, right up to the basket. And uh, they were able to get the ball in there, but you just seemed to rebound or block or disrupt uh, the shots. Uh, it was very impressive. What, what would you say about that? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that's kind of been our calling card all year uh, has been defense. Uh, you know, the one thing about defense is, is that you, know, you can control your, your effort every night on that end. And, you know, some nights you're not going to shoot the ball well. And, you know, we struggled offensively all year, uh, but we've kept ourselves in games uh, just by being able to defend and rebound. And, you know, the thing that we really did a good job of on Friday night against Kyoto is we took care of the ball. You know, that's probably been our biggest 
issue in games that we've lost all year is turnovers uh, and, and not letting our defense have a chance. Uh, you know, you turn the ball over and give them, you know, layups on the other end. It's really difficult to stop that. Uh, but our defense was excellent on uh, on Friday night. We had we held them scoreless the first six minutes of the game and then the last four minutes of the game to kind of finish it out. And, uh, that's something that, you know, our kids have worked really hard on. And, and when we, well, we mix it up defensively, we try to play some man, some zone, uh, you know, some junk defense if we need to, you know, box and one, triangle and two. It just kind of depends on the matchup from night to night. Our kids have done a really good job of kind of embracing that and just, you know, working on a lot of different defenses in practice and, and working on them and getting better and improving. And, and we've got good athletes and that's, that's kind of where, you know, it all starts is, you know, you're not going to win games if you don't have players. And, uh, and we've definitely got a good group uh, in there this year and uh, three seniors that have been playing varsity for, for uh, three years now. And, and you could tell on, on Friday, they were able to kind of keep their poise and their composure uh, late in that game. And, uh, and really on the defensive end, keep getting stops, keep getting rebounds. And uh, that's something that we have to do because, like I said, you know, we, we have struggled scoring the basketball um, here in the last, you know, handful of games, uh, especially just our shooting hasn't been great. Uh, but like I said, if you if you can defend and you can rebound, uh, you're going to keep yourself in most basketball games. Well, let's talk a little bit about that first six minutes of the of that game. Uh I didn't see a lot, either team do a lot of scoring, but I saw a level of intensity and, you know, a, a packed house on both sides of the court. You know, I mean, there was a, there was a, you know, let's get after it mentality that usually would take some time to get into that seemed to be there from the tip. Do you agree? No, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime you go over to Kyoto, uh, and especially when it's Sigurdi and Kyoto, uh, the gym's going to be packed. I mean, as you, as you saw Friday night, it's not a huge gym over there, uh, you know, pretty tight quarters. And, uh, you know, you throw in that it was their homecoming, you know, with, with football, you know, we, we have all of our homecoming stuff over here uh, in Sigourney, and they, they get in on a little bit of that, that, you know, the football kids do, but, you know, they don't have a, a dedicated football homecoming. So they always do one in the winter and uh, um, they had that on Friday night. And so, uh, Probably a few extra people uh, coming out for that to support over there and have the gym, you know, packed to the brim. And yeah, it's one of those games where you're never worried about your kids having energy and effort from the beginning uh, because you know they're going to be fired up for one, a rivalry game, and two, you know, a packed house and uh, uh, against against a really good team. So yeah, we came out with with a ton of intensity from the beginning. So did they. And yeah, the offense was a little hard to come by in the first quarter. I think just because the kids were so keyed up and uh, you know, some of the execution stuff isn't quite as good when you're, when you're so, you know, excited and ready to go. And so I uh, saw that a little bit in the first quarter, but yeah, I mean, anytime you can, you can hold the team scoreless in the first six minutes of the game, uh, you're definitely going to give yourself a pretty good chance. And uh, that was huge for us to get off to a good start and well, get that, I think seven Oh lead and, uh, and ride it from there. Your team had patience. They seem to have a game plan. You don't seem to have a, a superstar that you just try to shove the ball to. It seems to be a completely uh, team effort that's going on there. The ball seems to be distributed pretty well uh, to, you know, the guys that are open. But you had a good – you did a great job of maintaining the ball and passing where I don't know – I don't want to say that Kyoto had uh, sloppy passing, but I thought you guys had an opportunity – opportunistic defensive approach that really made it difficult for them to complete their passes. Yeah, that, you know, 
you're completely right. That's really where we won the game on Friday night. It was just taking care of the ball. I think we had nine turnovers. I mean, you know, in a high school game, if you keep it under 10 turnovers in a game, that's huge. I mean, we had 20 plus on Tuesday night and we lost to Iowa Valley. And so, you know, we really worked on that in practice and just, and told them, you know, that's, that's been one thing that, that we struggled with from time to time this year is just our patience on the offensive end. And, you know, the, the kids, you know, turning a good shot into a great shot. And that's something that we were able to do uh, on, on Friday night. And we didn't make all of them, but I felt like we really executed well on the offensive end. And then we were able to disrupt them on the defensive end, being pretty active uh, and, and turn them over. I think that they had 20, uh, one turnovers. Uh, so to win the turnover battle by 12, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is, football, basketball, you know, if you can win that turnover battle and you can win it by a large margin, uh, you're just giving yourself a lot more opportunities on the offensive end. And, uh, you know, that, that was the biggest, the biggest factor in the game. And, you know, our kids, you know, when, when we're, when we have played well on the offensive end, it's been, you know, we've had a lot of really good balance. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, five kids who can score in double figures and have on any given night. And, uh, you know, and then we've got kids that come off the bench that kind of understand their role of coming and play good defense and rebound and, and take care of the ball. And so, uh, you know, when we, when we, when we have kids, uh, who, when we can get a 12 point game, a 14 point game, a 16 point game, you know, that's what we were able to do against Pekin, uh, and, and that win, that was one of our best wins this year as well. And we were able to do that, uh, on Friday night as well and get some good balance and, and just, uh, um, and spread things around because that's you know that makes you a lot harder to guard when you can't just key on one kid. Well, it looks like you're seven up and seven down. Is that right? Um, we are nine and seven actually. Oh, nine now. and seven. Okay. Well, um, see, yep. A- uh, after that one. Yep, okay. So are. let me. But I'm I'm struggling to keep up with uh, the information. It just doesn't seem to be there. So let me get to a real important question for me and for yep. our listeners. Uh, yep. How can the team, how can people follow the team? I don't, you know, I, I'm struggling to find the radio stations or the yep. YouTubes that that's so easy in football. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we um, actually, all of our home games are live streamed on our school's website. So if you go to uh, SigourneySchools.com or if you just Google in Sigourney schools uh, into Google, first thing that pops up is our, uh, our Sigourney Community School District uh, website. And right at the top there, it says watch live events and you can click on it. And actually it's great because um, they got all the games on there, you know, that you can watch as a replay as well, uh, um, which is really nice. And so all of our home games are there. They get live streamed live. Uh, Rick Landry uh, does the play by play. So there's, you know, there's an announcer there too, to kind of help you out. Rick does a great job uh, announcing those. Uh, and so not really affiliated with uh, any particular radio station, just the school does that. Uh, so uh, th- that's nice. Um, and then on uh, KMZN uh, out of uh, Sigourney, uh, 99.5, the FM dial, uh, they're at most of our games. They were not there Friday night, but it, uh, Joe Lancello has been at uh, a majority of our games and he usually likes to travel with us on the road and, uh, and do that. And then, you know, varsity bound is, is a great resource. Uh, you know, if you just want to kind of look and see, you know, how stats are going and how, uh, um, and how, you know, from night to night and kind of click in there and that's got all the stuff from all the conferences. So that's kind of how, how we kind of guide our fans to, to follow along, uh, as, as the year goes on, but, um, and, and then uh, various schools, uh, we'll do some live streaming on the road too, but that's kind of hit or miss, um, kind of depending on on where you're at from night to night. I know we go to Bell Plain Friday, and they're on that NFHS network uh, where you can watch games on there for a, uh, some fee. But uh, the home games are all free uh, right on our school website. So hop on SigourneySchools.com, uh, and uh, and they're right there. And then yeah, varsity bound 
uh, formerly known as Quick Stats. Uh, that's a, that's a great resource because uh, they you know we have to enter those stats in uh, weekly. So you know usually by you know Sunday afternoon, uh, all the stats are in there and and the standings from the conference. And uh, so really easy to to keep a track on what's going on in the entire league uh, on on varsity bound. Uh, do you, which, do you uh, have a great uh, any social media to way to follow you? Facebook, uh, Twitter, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we don't do I don't do a ton of social media stuff. Um, not uh, not probably as much as I should. Uh, just don't 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 do a lot of that from my end. I don't have a Facebook uh, profile. Um, do a little bit of Twitter, but not a lot. Not a lot uh, with that. So no, we're not huge on on the social media uh, thing. Um, but uh, we uh, our school our school website does update stuff if you follow. Uh, um, the Sigourney, uh, I believe on Facebook, I said I'm not on Facebook, but, uh, if, uh, if you do have the Sigourney schools, they'll update some scores and our athletic director, Lee Crawford does a good job of, of getting some stuff updated as well on there, as far as, as scores go as well. Well, we, uh, did, uh, we did, we covered the high school football from your school and, uh, yep. uh, with, you know, your coach, uh, Jensen, uh, he was our highest rated episode ever. Uh, uh-huh. And we got to know players like Colton Clarahan, who you you just played in Kyoto. And uh-huh. then there's other players like Eddie Burgess, uh, that's a, you know a, a team that you guys would play. Tell us about the conference and some of these big players that you have to go up against. Yeah, you know Colton's a great kid. You know, I mean, I you know, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, um, through the um, radio station in, in Albia, uh, uh, Thunder Country. We did the live stream for. Uh, all of the football games all year long. Coach Crawford and I uh, did the play-by-play and the color commentary for those. And you really feel like get to know these kids. And man, Colton had such a great year in football. Uh, you know, obviously quarterback and, and, and kicking the ball and had some had some really uh, long field goals and uh, had an excellent year. And, and you get to know these kids so well. And then you got to turn around and compete against them during the basketball season. That you know, I mean, you know, a week, a couple weeks after. Uh, you lose in the quarterfinals of football, you're turning around, you're playing again in basketball. So uh, definitely a weird dynamic uh, with that, with the rivalry. But you know, as far as our conference goes, um, you know, this is probably the most competitive I've seen our conference in the last 10 years. Uh, there's not a team like Montezuma who won the state title last year. That, uh, there's not a team that's going to win the state title this year out of our league. But there's a lot of really, really good teams. Uh, Montezuma is still very good. Uh, Eddie, you know, the Burgess kid is, is just one of the most unique athletes in, in, in Iowa in general. I mean, definitely in, in small school basketball and, and sports. You know, he was, uh, you know, basically unstoppable on the football field, playing eight-man this year. Uh, has had a great year in basketball. Uh, really key for their team. Maybe the most valuable player in the league. Uh, he missed a, a game earlier in the year, and they lost to – you know, one of the teams kind of in the middle of the league in English Valleys, and uh, uh, they get him back, and they they beat you know uh, one of the best teams in the league uh, on Friday night, Lindell Sully. Uh, so he's incredibly valuable for them. And you know, Iowa Valley's having a phenomenal year this year. They're on top of our league, and, and they've got a senior named Brody Ward, who is one of the leaders in, in scoring that returned from last year in Class One A. I think the top scorer that returned last year in Class One A, uh, and he's a really good player in there. Uh, they're undefeated on our side of the conference uh, with a couple weeks left. Uh, and then Evie's got uh, Caden Hall. He's a really good player as well. Uh, we're, we're playing them on Tuesday night. And, you know, he uh, he's an exceptional senior as well. 
And then you got North Mahaska, who's probably the most talented team in our league. They've got two juniors who are really talented, uh, Steel Kid and, uh, and, and, and Smith, uh, who, uh, you know, they're a team that I think could make the state tournament uh, this year. So, uh, you know, a really, uh, a really, really, you know, fun league. And then you got, you know, Bell Plain, you got Ben DeMilner, who just went over a thousand points uh, scoring. Uh, the, the talent in our league this year is really, really good, uh, and and it makes it fun and competitive, especially on our side. I mean, us, Kyoto, Bell Plain, EV, Iowa Valley, night in, night out. They're just you know tight games, and you know you, you really no score is going to surprise you one way or the other. So, uh, really fun to compete against those kids. And I know that you know our se- this senior class that we have with Levi Crawford and Bo Schmidt and Ethan Schifflet, You know they've been competing against these kids for a long time, and uh, had a lot of success, uh, you know, on the football field, on the baseball diamond, and and, and now this, this season uh, translated to some success on the basketball court as well. We've been talking to Mitch Eslick, uh, the, for, who has manned the uh, Sigourney Sandwiches basketball team for over a decade now. Uh, what is the name of the conference that you play in? It is the South Iowa Cedar League, uh, the SICL. Um, it's split into, we, we split into two divisions now. When I first started coaching uh, back in the – you know, 2011 was my first year as the head coach. It was it was all one league. We had 11 teams, uh, so you played a, a round robin. Uh, played everybody twice. That's 20 games. Uh, then you get one non-conference game to finish off your 21 game schedule, which we always played Pekin. Uh, and then about uh, probably about 2014, 13 time frame in there, we had a Colfax Mingo, and we split up into two uh, divisions. So now we have the East Division, which is Sigourney, Kyoto. English Valleys, Tri-County, Iowa Valley, and Belle Plaine. And then they have the West Division, which is Montezuma, Linville, Sully, North Mahaska, BGM, uh, Colfax Mingo, uh, and HLV. Uh, so uh, you, you play the teams on your side in your, in your division twice, and then you play the teams on the other side one time uh, throughout the year. So uh, it's, it's a very competitive league, um, and it ha- always has been. Uh, but I feel like this year, uh, especially on our side and, and, and the east side, just five really, really competitive teams uh, that it's a battle night in, night out. Well, uh, if our listeners had a chance to follow you or they wanted to come see you, where, where are you at the next couple of weeks? Yeah, we've got about two weeks left in the regular season. It's, you know, January's a real grind. I mean, we've already, uh, you know, we played, we had just an absolutely wild stretch of five games in seven days. Uh, to start off January, uh, and we've already played, I think, eight games this month, uh, and we've got uh, just five left in the regular season. Uh, we're at home against uh, English Valleys on Tuesday night. That'll be a really big game. Uh, our district pairings just were released on Friday. Uh, really strong district. Um, you got New London and Waco, who are two really strong programs in southeast Iowa, uh, year in, year out, and, and it's no different this year. Uh, they're in there, along with Montezuma and Iowa Valley, who are I think both 12 and three right now. Uh, then you got us in Kyoto and Pekin uh, and English Valley's in there. And so uh, we're really jockeying with, with those four teams for, for playoff seeding. So uh, it was a big win Friday night over Kyoto for that purpose as well. Uh, and it will be another big game Tuesday night for us um, against EV at home. Uh, so we want a big crowd out for that one. And then uh, now Friday we go to Bell Plain, uh, which is another uh, really tough team. We beat them on a last second shot by our freshman Isaac Bruns. On, uh, on in December and the first time we played them. Uh, and so it'll be a, a tough one to go up to Bell Plain. Coach Northup does a great job up there uh, with those kids, and uh, uh, they got a really good team. And then the next week we finish off conference play with uh, 
uh, Tri-County, uh, Thornburg at home. That'll be senior night. So one kind of final chance to get out there and, and see our, our senior boys. And actually, we do have a makeup game on Thursday at home as well against North Mahaska, who is uh, one of the top teams in the league as well. And then we finish it off with uh, Twin Cedars Bussy on uh, February the, se- uh, the 7th, our final regular season game. So uh, three more chances at home to, to watch uh, the Savages uh, the next two Tuesday nights and then the following Thursday, uh, February the 3rd. Uh, so uh, a lot of chances still. And then in the tournament play, we'll we'll find out this weekend uh, uh, where we fall there and, and what our seed is for uh, district play, which starts um, on February 11th. So let's talk. What do you guys got to do to get into the playoffs and uh, where do you see who where do you see yourself as seed wise? Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about basketball is, is that everybody gets into the playoffs, which is good. I, you know, I think that you know, definitely gives you some motivation to, to keep going. Even when you're having a rough year, you can kind of say, Hey, everybody restarts at zero and zero. And, uh, you know, it really, you know, this is going to be a really big week for us, for our seeding, as far as seeding is concerned. Um, you know, I got to think that new London, Waco, uh, Iowa Valley and Montezuma are the top four seeds in our district. Uh, they're all record wise. They're all, they're all quite a ways up there. Uh, um, I think 12 and three, 10 and one, uh, 12 and three. Uh, so, you know, really solid teams. You know, we're sitting at nine and seven. Uh, English Valley's sitting at 10 and seven, I believe. Uh, uh, is sitting at, I think, eight and eight. Uh, Pekin's right about there, too. I think they're maybe six and seven. Uh, so a lot of teams kind of bunched up in there. So this week will be huge. You know, we kind of, we kind of have our eyes on that five seed. We're hoping we can, we can win a game and, uh, on Tuesday and, and sneak into that five seed. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's two, you know, two kind of playing games, uh, the seven seed and the 10 seed play, and then the eight seed and the nine seed play. And the winners of those will play the one and two seeds, uh, in the quarterfinals. So, uh, we're hoping to, to stay out of that, that game and, uh, and get a buy in that first round and hopefully, uh, Hopefully, we can get that that five seed, and you know, maybe head to, to Iowa Valley or or Montezuma or Waco or you know, one of those teams uh, in the first uh, first round of the playoffs. Well, let me ask you about a couple teams that uh, maybe not in your conference, but they're in the area, and we like to talk about them a lot. Uh, real quick, tell us a little something about Mid Prairie. Yeah, you know, I was just talking to them actually about. Uh, to our girls coach, uh, they played them uh, in youth basketball this weekend. And it sounds like they're having a great year over there. Obviously, you know, Coach Schulwalter did such a great job over there in years past. And I know he's kind of moved on and uh, doing a lot with USA basketball. But, um, you know, always a, a really good program. Uh, and I know that they're having a, just an excellent season uh, in Wellman this year. And I haven't, you know, gotten a chance to see them play in person uh, or on film, you know, when uh, they're not on our schedule. So uh, don't don't keep as close an eye on them, but I have seen that they're having just a phenomenal year. They had a really nice win uh, over, I believe Comanche uh, on Friday night in a game of two uh, teams that were, that were really highly ranked. And so uh, they will be a fun team to keep an eye on in the postseason. I think they, they probably got a, a deep run in, in them. Uh, uh, and, you know, a team that, uh, you know, is, is real right down the road about, you know, 30, 35 minutes away. We played them in football this year. I uh, got a good look at uh, some of their athletes. They had some, some really nice athletes on the football field as well. And so I uh, can see why they're having a lot of success and, and hope they continue to for sure. Uh, one more team that's kind of in your area, again, a little bigger school than you, but Washington uh, Demons, they seem to be have a pretty solid team. They do, yes. Uh, a team that we played for a couple of years uh um, about now five or six years ago now we had, did a home and home with them and you know great facilities over there at Washington it was fun to play in there and there you know it was kind of a newer gym at that point uh, and uh, yeah you know a, a team that 
just talent wise looks like uh, it, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, saw that, you know, I was listening to the radio on the way home from one of our games one night and they were playing, I believe Davis County and they were really laying it on them. They were won that game by about 30 or 40, I think. And, uh, uh, you know, another really good team, a team that, you know, again, I haven't seen, seen them on film or seen them in person, but I've seen a lot of scores and, uh, I know that, uh, they had a pretty, uh, um, that conference, uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, always, uh, has been tough and, uh, um, you know, not a ton of teams in that league, Fairfield, uh, as well. I think Fort Madison has a nice team this year. Yeah, as Fort well. Madison, I think uh, number one in the state. Yeah. So, uh, so some really good basketball in Southeast Iowa. And, uh, um, I think that their, their district pairings come out uh, on Friday. Ours were released last Friday, but the bigger schools, they wait another week. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of path that, uh, Washington has to state and, uh, uh, that's kind of always the goal this time of year. You start thinking about the tournament and, and what you got to do to hopefully get down to Wells Fargo arena and, uh, and play, play there. And, you know, that atmosphere down there is amazing. And, uh, uh, definitely a treat for the kids that get to play there. Well, we've been talking to the coach of the Sigourney Savages. We've got about three minutes left. Uh, talk about your players and who do you think maybe, uh, could go on and play, uh, at the college level, uh, even if it is for baseball or football or something. Just so, yeah, so. you know, you know, we we've got you know, I it really starts with our three seniors, uh, you know, and the thing about these kids is that they're all multi-sport athletes, uh, and it has to be in a small school. You know, you can't you can't have kids that just focus on one thing, or else your your programs aren't going to be able to do much. Uh, and uh, you know, these these three seniors, you know, that was one thing that was difficult for us right off the bat, and for a lot of other teams in in, in our situation, small school. But you know, when you go so deep in the football playoffs, you know, we played, you know you know, three postseason football games on top of the already regular, you know, regular season schedule. And, you know, these kids, you know, Levi Crawford, Ethan Shiflett, uh, and Bo Schmidt, they were all banged up, you know, coming off a, a football, you know, Levi had a shoulder issue. Ethan had a real bad sprained ankle in the final uh, playoff game. Uh, you know, and Bo was a little banged up as well. And so, you know, you, you say, Hey, you know, take a couple of days off and then we'll see you in the gym and you're playing a game in like a week and a half. Uh, so uh, it's difficult. Uh, but you know, those three have had phenomenal years, you know, Levi's led us in scoring all year long. Uh, he, he had a really nice game on Friday against Kyoto, our, our best shooter, uh, for sure. And, and our best ball handler, uh, and Ethan Shiflett, a uh, great athlete, uh, really does a good job finishing around the rim, uh, and, and really rebounded for us huge on Friday night against Kyoto. And then Bo, in the game that you saw Bo, our big kid inside, he was in foul trouble, uh, but he's been the anchor for us inside defensively, uh, you know, blocking shots, rebounding. He had 16 in one game earlier this year. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing about you know, Bo and Levi is they were both uh, really key components on our, on our baseball team that won the conference title last year. And then obviously they, they played a big factor, all three of them uh, in the, uh, in getting to uh, the quarterfinals in football again this year and winning the district title. So you know, these kids have had success and success breeds success. And, uh, we're definitely, you know, seeing the dividends of that this year in basketball. And we got a really good group of juniors, too. Uh, we got uh, Clay Morse, uh, um, Carson Weber, uh, Ty Shafronik. Um, we've got, uh, if you want to leave anybody out here, Max Phillips. Uh, we've got Cole Clarahan. Uh, those kids, uh, they're a hardworking group of kids. And we got a freshman, Isaac Bruns, who's really come on for us. Uh, he's coming off the bench, but playing a lot of minutes for us and set some really good games, some double figure games uh, 
as I mentioned earlier, had a game one shot against Bell Plain. Uh, and, you know, I think he's probably the one kid that would have a chance to maybe play basketball at the next level if he keeps improving and keeps working at it. And, you know, those other guys, uh, I don't know if, uh, if Levi and Bo maybe would be interested in baseball uh, at the next level or if they're just wanting to go to school. Uh, but, um, you know, whatever they do, they're going to be successful because they're great kids and hard workers and, and, and they've created this work ethic, uh, you know, in the weight room and, and, and in the gym and on the field uh, that, that will really pay dividends for them in the future. Well, we've been talking to Sigourney Savage's basketball coach, Miss Mitch Eslick. Uh, terrific interview, uh, the kind of insight that uh, was really spectacular for our listeners. Uh, we sure appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll catch up with you as the playoffs and stuff get started. Appreciate that, Dave. It was a lot of fun. I know Coach Jensen had a lot of fun doing this in the fall, too. And I oh. appreciate you squeezing me in here and uh, talking about a little Sigourney basketball. So we're, we're excited for the end of the year. And, yeah, anytime you need us, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be more than happy to, to talk a little Sigourney hoops. We are uh, here at Round Guy, this pod, uh, podcast. We kind of like to shine a light on uh, – places that maybe don't get enough coverage and uh, our light shines brightly on Sigourney and it always has. And we really appreciate your athletes. Thank you very much. Thanks Dave. Welcome back to round guy. The podcast as Henshaw trailers of Richland, Iowa presents high school basketball in Southeast Iowa. You need a trailer. You need a good trailer. You need a quality trailer. You need to talk to Corwin Henshaw. Anyway, on the phone with us is dance. Stout, uh, the head coach of Kyoto's basketball team. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Dan, tell me a little bit about your journey as a coach and uh, how it brought you to being the head coach of the varsity team. Well, I, obviously I started out in high school playing basketball at um, Washington High School under legendary coach Dave Tremel, and um, kind of took me into a college basketball career at Iowa Wesleyan College where I played under Joel Wooten and had a good, had a lot of success down there and kind of just made me decide, you know, that I really wanted to get into working with kids and, and younger kids and um, started out over at Highland school as a JV basketball coach um, under, under Colin Woods with one of my buddies who played basketball with at college and um, got a job over here in Kyoto and started in the 0203 season and been at it ever since. It's been my 20th year here. Wow. So well, that is tremendous. Well, anyway, uh, our podcast likes to cover what we call rivalries, you know, because uh, we can't cover everything like we do in football because there's so much going on. So uh, this week it was Kyoto and Sigourney. Uh, and I come up to the game and what I saw was just a just a packed house, uh, an immense amount of energy. Uh, i tell you what I saw out of your team. I liked uh, what I saw out of your team was you like to push the ball to the basket. You know, Sigourney was given a, a, a rough go of it inside there, but I, I liked how you do that, how you push things up. Uh, also, uh, I saw you had a, a really great athlete on your team, Colton Clarahan, uh, who I saw a lot of his leadership ability uh, and his transition, you know, he how quickly he leads the team from transition to uh, offense to defense and, uh, uh, you know, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about the rivalry and what it means to the community. Well, the rivalry is just awesome. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that obviously over the years with the kids playing with each other uh, during the football season, it's I guess I always reference it as it's kind of like going to the backyard and playing against your brother every night. You know, nobody wants to lose and everybody wants to win. And sometimes there's some 
knockdown, drag out fights. And I guess I kind of reference that the back of when I was a kid, we do the same thing with my brothers out in the backyard. And we see that through, you know, these guys all the way through. And, you know, I've, I've had to had the pleasure of, this is my third son going through the rivalry um, with the football and the basketball going into that. And, and it's just, you know, it's neat as a parent to watch these guys uh, play hard on Friday nights in the fall together and then come compete against each other on the basketball court. And, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a great matchups over the years. Um, we, we have been, you know, a little bit dominant the last few years in this, but, you know, the officer got us on Friday night, but we won the first one at their place. So it's always, it's always seems to be no matter what the records are, what the scores are, you know, kids are, it's, it's always going to be a heck of a battle. And, and yeah, you bring up um, Colton a little bit. He, um, he had a lot of success in the football year and he's, you know, doing a good job for us on the, as the point guard, um, very inexperienced coming into the year. He didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but, you know, I thought, you know, I thought he's done a nice job of picking things up and continuing to push the ball the, like we like to do, um, get the ball. We, we get it down inside Devin Vinito as much as we can. And if we can get some three pointers to fall here later in the year, that's, that's going to help us out. And, and hopefully then that'll make us get a little bit better because we can't just keep scoring 40 points a game to beat people. He was an amazing baseball player too, isn't he? Yes, he is. And that's what he's going to go on. He's going down to Southeastern college to play baseball. Um, Last year in a game, I watched him get 21 strikeouts in a ball game. And, you know, that's just amazing. And, you know, when he doesn't pitch, he, he goes and plays shortstop again as a leader of the team. Um, he can pretty much play anywhere he wants, but plays a shortstop position and pitches. And, and yeah, just does a great job. And, and he will, continue, like I said, continue his career on down at Southeastern doing that. Well, tell us about your team and your season, how things are going and uh, uh, the kind of community support that you're getting. Well, we, we've always had great support. You know, we've, we've, um, we've been very blessed here, uh, basically since like the Oh five, the Oh six, Oh seven season. Um, we were eight and 14. And since then, you know, we've had a winning record every year. This year's, this year's been a little bit tougher. We're, we're kind of in a tough stretch right now. Um, playing some teams that are, that are, that are, you know, very balanced and, and very competitive to where we are at right now as a young team. I mean, I got three sophomores starting, and then Colton Claren as a senior, um, you know, like I said, Evan Vinito is a sophomore, Cole Kendrick's a sophomore, Sawyer Stout's a sophomore, um, you know, so we've had to, you know, kind of learn on the go with these guys, just not a lot of experience starting out the year. Um, and we've had a tough stretch here. We've lost, we've lost three games here in a row, got Iowa Valley on Tuesday, which is going to be another tough one, but then we're hoping to get back into a stretch of some games where we can, where we can start getting some wins and things like that. We competed with Iowa Valley the first time. Uh, they beat us 50 to 49. Um, but I, but I love the way our kids play. They, they come out, they battle every day in practice. Um, and, you know, just, and just try and make each other better every night out that we play. Um, but one of, you know, our biggest bigaboo, big bugaboo, I guess right now is just the fact that we're just not shooting the ball very well. And it's, you know, from the perimeter, we're just not knocking down very many shots. And, you know, that's something we'll just continue to keep working on throughout the season. And hopefully, you know, by the time we get to district play, it'll get better. Yeah, I think if you can improve on that in the next couple of weeks, your defense is there. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, I like the way you move the ball. Now, I, I, I thought that uh, you had some trouble passing the ball, but I wasn't so sure if that was something you guys were, were lacking in doing or something that uh, their defense was opportunistic and really made so just seemed to make some really great plays. What do you think? Well, yeah, I think um... – I think it's probably a mixture of both. I would say we, the last few games, we had really done a nice job of not turning the ball over. 
And, you know, so we kind of quit stressing that as much. And then uh, we came out in the second game and turned the ball too much. But I thought their kids did a nice job of getting out into passing lanes, um, trying to make, you know, they can get a tip on a ball. That makes a big difference. But I didn't think that we took advantage enough of being able to uh, dribble drive down into the lane. I thought in the third quarter, I thought we did it great. Uh, Colt was able to get through the two guys at the top and get down in there. And he could either get a layup or, or get it off to Evan for a layup. And, and I thought that's when we really – we played – probably one of our better quarters there in the third quarter, you know, being able to score 19 points, it really got us back into the game. And, and unfortunately we just went back to the fourth quarter of not, of not doing that same stuff. And I guess that's kind of the, kind of the thing you live with when you work with 15 to 18 year old kids, your whole life that you got to take the good with the bad and, and hopefully just continue to build on the good things that they do and, and then make you better. But I thought I, I would say it was a collective thing of both on, on what they did and what we did ourselves too. Well, you must have you must have said something to them at the half because they came out of the second half on fire, didn't they? Yeah, we came out. We we and that's why we need to start playing. And we, we kind of a little bit of my own fault. We like to get up and pressure you, and we didn't get out quite as far and do the pressure that we normally do. We do more of a three quarter court to a full court trap, and we were doing trying to half court trap, and it was just something I thought I saw in film. I thought would make us a little better, but I think that being aggressive for us, we have to be aggressive on the defensive end get some turnovers, get some layups, and that, you know, that makes your offense go. And That's what we're going to concentrate here on the last uh, eight games or whatever we got to end the season. We're just going to go back to not worrying about what the other team does. We're just going to focus on what we do. We're going to go back out and start pressuring people um, and just try and continue to push the ball and get, get open shots for ourselves and, and see what happens there. Because like you said, our defense is playing really well. We've, I thought we've done a great job with that. We just haven't been able to score. We go from offense to defense pretty quick. I mean, What's that? I said you, you transition from offense to defense <laughs> extremely well, I think. Yeah, I think that's one thing where our kids have done that. Um, they, they, we get back on defense real well. We, and then, and, you know, get back and defend. And we've been rebounding the ball well, too. I thought, I think that's one thing that's helped to keep us in some games and do some things for us. And we just have to keep doing it. So, what is the name of the conference that you're in? The South Iowa Cedar League. Okay. Now, uh, you know, we mentioned Colton Clarahan, uh, just an exceptional athlete. Uh, there's an athlete in your uh, – that you would play, Eddie Burgess, who's a tremendous yep. athlete. Talk about some of the uh, the big players in the division that you have to face and how and what kind of uh, what kind of players they are. Well, I'd say overall, though, one of the best ones we saw all year was up at North Mahaska, uh, Nash Smith. He put up 31 points against us and about a 6'5", 6'6", kid that plays on the perimeter. He knocked down seven three-pointers, um, just had one heck of a ball game against us. Um, and they got a really good basketball team. You mentioned Eddie Burgess. He's, he's Obviously, they won the state title last year, Montezuma, um, and lost two of their best guards. But he's just been been a good player inside against us. Caden Hall, another kid up in um, English Valley, you know, had a really good – four-year career um for those guys he's been a double double man pretty much since his sophomore year and, and we got a kid at bell playing ben De, ben demilner the same thing inside and i think you know a lot of these guys are inside guys and um you know so that's that's been where we've had to really try and concentrate um we don't have a whole lot of size but i think our kids just compete really hard i think evan Vitito does a great job inside against these guys connor strand comes off our bench does some great things against these guys um and so far, I think our guard court has been able to handle pretty much everybody we've, that we've been able to play against, um, uh, you know, in, in, for, for, the, for the most part. So uh, 
how, how does our listeners follow your team? Do you have a radio station or uh, some YouTube or anything like that that covers the team? Well, we, we well when the COVID hit there well, last year, the year before, we put in the NFHS um, system in our school to live live broadcast all of our games. But it's something you have to purchase and go through. But um, other than that, no, no radio stuff here. And once in a while, KBOE will come down. Um, you know, I guess if we play if we play Hillcrest, Washington's pretty much. I mean, if they if we're playing some of those guys, or we get to the tournament run, if we make a deep run, the you know KCII will cover us. And I mean, we're on we're on the radio shows every Saturday morning with the coaches corner out of KCII. So it's nice to be able to get on there and talk about the kids and talk about our season and things like that. But other than that, just pretty much newspaper stuff. Um, but you know, like I said, if you can get online, you can watch us play um, every home game and. There's a couple of our other conference schools that have that same NF8, I think it's NFHS broadcasting system, and and so that's pretty nice. Like, like we played a bell play tonight, our viewers could tune into that because they subscribe to the same thing. So, um, other than that, that's pretty much all that we get the coverage on. What about social media? Do you have any presence on social media where people can follow you? Well, I know our superintendent likes to do a lot of Twitter stuff, and I'm not I'm not too big into that kind of stuff. But just basically the varsity bound area stuff, I I think they've done a great job here. Um, once people can figure out how to use it and get there, there's I mean all your stat stuffs there, and and you know it's matchups and everything's going on throughout the week for the for the entire conference and the state, you know. So I guess I spend a lot of time on there and. Um, other than that, um, uh, we do have the huddle. We do huddle accounts uh, to tape our games, and some of that stuff's out there on some YouTube stuff. So, but you know, if I guess if you really want to get in there and look at it, you'll you'll find it. And you'll go from there. Well, uh, here at Round Guy the podcast, we're really happy to be a resource for the undercover teams. And uh, you know, we're here. In, I'm here in Southeast Iowa. I live in Richland, and. Uh, you know, I like to I like to cover my my Scotty Melvin, my reporter. He's in Washington, so we keep track of your team. I know you had a, a really hot start. Let's just talk about this two week stretch that you got to the end of the season, and where do you see yourself, your team positioned for the playoffs? Well, and that, and that well, it's kind of interesting because that did come out the district pairings, um, the seeding things came out to who you're going to have in there. We've got a lot of conference schools in there. We got BGM, English Valleys, Iowa Valley. Uh, Montezuma, Sigourney, Tri-County, and us, and then and then we throw in some super conference teams with Pekin, um, Waco, and New London. Um, so that's going to be – it's one of the tougher districts I looked at. Um, so what we're just going to gear on here is like down here the regular season. I mean, we Like I said, we got Iowa Valley on Tuesday, and then we come back with Colfax, Mingo, Tri-County, and EV to finish it out. And, and we're just hoping to, you know, start playing better basketball, start scoring the basketball – um, continue to play the good defense that we are playing, rebound, and I think we should be able to, you know, hopefully get three or four wins here before that stretch of non-conference games at the end of the year. Um, we end up playing, we got Highland on the schedule, we got Davis County on the schedule, and um, Hillcrest Academy. Um, but, you know, right now, like we've been stressing here, and I will for the next two weeks, just we got to start getting ready for tournament-type basketball. So you got to start playing some of these games, you know, like it could be your last one of the year. Um, obviously for seniors, it could be the last one for their, for their careers. Um, but you know, we'll just, we'll just start kind of gearing that mentality into the kids and, and hopefully that helps them, you know, focus a little more to where we don't turn the ball over as much. 
Um, you know, it's no different than what I do every single year, but, but we're going to have a really tough district. I mean, there's some, there's some darn good basketball teams in there with the, with the, I know the two out of the super conference with new London and Waco are both really good. I see peak has got a, got a winning record this year. Um, Iowa Valley's got a good, I mean, there's Iowa Valley, EV, Sigourney. I mean, everybody's got a winning record. We're, you know, we're within one game of being at 500. And so it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting district as we, as we get ready to start to the postseason. Let's hear a couple of home games where people can come see you. Uh, Thursday night, uh, we play Colfax Mingo at home. Uh, we got JV game at 430, varsity girls at six. Uh, that's a makeup from earlier in the year. Uh, then, uh, then Tuesday, the following Tuesday, the, what is that? February one, we play English Valleys here, um, which again, be another great game. They, they've been really playing better basketball. Um, we were able to beat them by 30 at their place, but you know, that was early in the year and, Things look like they're changing a little bit, so that'll be good. And then on Monday, we'll play Highland on February 7th at home for a JV Varsity Boys game. And on the 8th, we'll play Davis County at home on a JV Varsity Boys game. So still got a lot of opportunities here if you want to come to come to the gym and, and watch us play. It looks like, a, looks like you could do well with those home games, too, with a good crowd behind you. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, I think that's going to be a big stretch for us here. Um, we just, I think right now our confidence has just been shaking a little bit, but I think, you know, we'll come back out and practice and we'll, we'll get that back. And I, yeah, I think we should be able to have a, hopefully a good run here down the end of the season. Well, t- tell us a little bit about your players. It sounds like they're kind of a young bunch. Uh, what, what, so let's start with some of these young guys that they're going to be, uh, you know, that the team's going to have a chance to, or the community's going to have a chance to watch for a few years and then work your way up to some of the seniors that, uh, are going to lead you in this playoff drive. Yeah, well, obviously Colton Clarehan is the one senior that plays quite a bit for us. He's our point guard. Uh, we got Grant Garman comes off the bench, gets a few minutes here and there. Um, AJ Sheets is another post player. He's 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 behind a, a couple of our, our sophomores, so doesn't get a lot of minutes. But you know, he comes into practice every day, works hard against our guys. Um, those are our three seniors that'll that'll lead us down the stretch. And then, like I said, then we got the sophomores. We got um. Sawyer Stout, who is averaged about 14 points a game for us, uh, out as our shooting guard. Um, Cole Kindred plays a little bit of the off guard, too, um, doing a nice job for us. He takes the ball to the basket a lot. Um, Evan Vitito's inside, about a 6'2", six, 6'3", six, six, um, sophomore. He's shooting, oh, about 56% from the field, um, doing a nice job inside. Um, like I said, he's been, he's been just a beast on the board. He gets a lot of double-doubles every night out. He leads us with 156 rebounds on the season. Um, been playing real well for us inside. Um, then it's been kind of a carousel at our four-man position. I have had um, Aiden Anderson there as a junior. Played a little, started 11 games during the year. Then Dalton Dodd kind of stepped it up and practiced a little bit and, and kind of went in and jumped that position and took it over from him. But they're kind of very, very similar players. I think either one of them can go in there and start and finish game. So, you know, we, we, we just kind of – whoever gets hot kind of plays that spot. Um, then we got uh, Connor Strands, our other big kid that comes off the bench, about 6'3", sophomore inside. Um, and, again, he just is a presence inside with his rebounding and some of that stuff. And, 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 you know, those are kind of a lot of our guys that, that do the running for us. We got two more juniors, Caleb, Caleb Waterhouse and um, Caden Sprouse, who come in, um, try and get a, give us some energy off the bench and things like that. We, we try and run eight, nine guys at a time, you know, with our pressure and things like that and, and just try and get up and down the floor and, and do that. But, you know, it's just one of the biggest things, I guess, for us all year long has just been getting experience on varsity floor. None of these guys played 
much the last few years. We we were uh, had a group of seniors that came through, and the couple couple seat couple years before them, we had uh, some guys that are just you know were really good, just outstanding players that didn't come off the floor much, and so these guys didn't get a lot of action um, varsity wise. So I think it's taken us a lot to um, just get that experience and be ready to compete at this varsity level. And and some nights we look really good, and some nights we 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 look like a really young team. So uh, around by the podcast, we kind of try to focus on recruitable players. Uh, tell us about some of the, you know, recruitable players that you might have that colleges, and I'm not just talking about basketball. I'm talking about they're good baseball players, they're good football players, you know, good athletes that a school, you know, would do themselves some good looking at it. And, you know, beyond just your team, but out there, you know, uh, yeah. in some of the teams that you played. Well, obviously, I, we've already talked about Colton. He's already made his decision. He's going to go play some baseball, and I think he's I think he's going to be real successful at that. Um, I think the Vitato kid, um, he, I mean, he had, a, he had an outstanding end of the football year where he was, you know, just one of the leaders on the defensive line and the offensive line um, just did some great things that route. Um, so, you know, I think that's something he could, you know, possibly be looking at later on. Um, you know, obviously, only a sophomore. They still got a lot more playing time to do here in high school, and um, I don't know. One of the sports that these guys are really um, dominating at right now, as even as young as they are, is our golf team. They ended up getting the conference championship last year in golf, and I know like Sawyer and Cole and Evan and um, Colton, they were all on the team last year as as golfers. You know, a part of that, and you know, so that's another thing that they they really excel at too when they got there and and get on that course and just smack that little white ball around like crazy, which it's fun to watch. So. I know, um, I know my son and I have talked about it. he'd love to go play basketball somewhere, but we keep talking that, you know, golf might be, might be one of those things that might be something to look at. And so, you know, we you guess you just, they're so young right now, it's hard to really look at who's going to be able to go do what and, and see you. And I guess the other thing I guess I really like to see is just academic wise, these kids are, they're great in the classroom. Uh, they're great um, individuals as role models in, in, in the community. Um, whenever we, Whenever we need community stuff done, we're out there doing it. Um, I know we, the, we've cut down a, about 100 trees on the golf course, and it was a November day, and they said, hey, we need some help. And I know about 15 of our basketball kids showed up out there. We, we picked all the stuff up, got it out of the way. And, you know, just anything anybody needs in the community, our guys are there. Um, you know, so that's, to me, is even, you know, even as athletics, that's probably even a better thing in life when, when you're willing to go out and help people and do what you need to do to make your community better. That'd be a great addition to any college and we'll just see what happens for some of them as they go through there. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you about a couple of teams that, uh, maybe not in your conference, but in your area. And I think, uh, our listeners would be, uh, uh enjoy your comments on one is mid Prairie. What do you think of the season they're having? And what, uh... <laughs> I do, I do follow them a little bit. I'm just as close as they are to me. Yeah. They're just having a, having an amazing year, you know, those guys and, and, those guys have just been able to compete. I know they're in a tough league and, and it's, it's, it's neat to see, it's neat to see our area teams. And I even, I guess I'd throw even the Washington demons in there and you know, I'm an alumni from there. They've, they've been having a great season too over there. So it's neat to see all these area teams that, that, you know, are just playing good basketball and, and doing, doing the things that are right. And it's, it's fun, I guess, as a coach, when you, when you finally get that group of kids to, you know, with the buy into whatever you do and, and go from there. But yeah, it's, it's neat to see that around the area. Well, I was going to ask you about Washington, but go ahead and say a little bit more about Washington season and how, yeah, how quality well, they are. 
we had them on the schedule for the longest time. We played them about three years in a row, and then somehow just we couldn't get the game lined up anymore. And, uh, and but yeah, those kids they get up and down the floor. They run hard. They they got some shooters. I know the Bailey kid's a great shooter, and I guess I've seen a couple films on them and and things like that. And it's 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 neat to see. I know the coach Stark. Uh, struggled a little bit early on, but it's like I said again. When you get your kids to continue to buy into what you want to do and get them running what you want to do, and and it's fun to see the rewards and see things paid off. So it's it's nice to see that Washington um, tradition. And back when I was in high school there, there's we had quite a traditional run of going to state tournament every year, and and you know hopefully that's what something they'll get they'll get back into too. Yeah, uh, how about Winfield? You keep up with them? Are they in your conference or? or uh... <laughs> well, they're in the Super Conference, so they're a team down here in Southeast Iowa. I know. Um, I know that Buffington kid's one heck of an athlete. I do know that. I've seen him in track and and um, seen him on the basketball floor before too. And and obviously with Edwards coaching him, I think you know there's there's a great mind in basketball right there too. And you know knows a lot of stuff. And but yeah, they they look like they're just off to a great start in there. And as far as I know, they're a pretty young team, so they're looking to have a good run here for about the next three or four years. How about Waco? How good are they? Well, we played them, and, and they they put it on us pretty good. Uh, they got a they got a guard court that just pressures the heck out of you, and they got a big kid inside, and and you know it was one of those things. We went down to their place, and they just they pressured the heck out of our guards, and and got us early, and 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 you know pretty much took care of the game early. But I think they're a team in our district that's really gonna. I know I see them, and I think New London split here during the regular season, and. You know, Montezuma's high I think I forgot about Montezuma's in that district too. They're another team that's it's it's gonna be a battle with some of these guys and and you know it's it's not if we don't it doesn't matter where we get placed at, we're gonna have to play a good team uh first or second round no matter what. Well, we got about three minutes left. Uh um tell tell people that, that aren't aware of the athletes in your, your league or your conference and this conference that just people, you know, don't I understand there's not a lot of media around here. But, but how good is it, and what are they missing out on when they when they overlook your your conference? Well, I think that's that was one thing back earlier, and, and when I was coaching early on, we didn't play very many teams outside of our conference. We had um, when we had eleven teams, we pretty much played our games all in conference to try and get a, a true conference champion. But when we added Colfax Mingo into our division, um, we were able to we'll go to a sixteen game schedule, so we're able to play other schools a lot more out of our conference. And I think that's really helped open things up to where people can see how good the South Iowa Cedar League really is. I guess when you start talking to athletes and things like that, you go to the state track meet every year. Our kids are up there from the South Iowa Cedar League, just always competing up there um, right at the top level of the class one a and, and it's really fun. And I know, I know some of the, wrestling groups around are i mean just dominant i know the sk wrestling team is, is dominating again this year and and you know so that's i mean there are some great athletic kids you go watch them play like i said baseball golf whatever you football obviously with the tradition that the cobras are getting back into it's 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 really neat to see and like you said there's not a whole heck of a lot of coverage down here in southeast iowa but i think i think there's a lot of places around that see when you go play teams from here from the south iowa city you know you're going to be in for a battle no matter what that's why it's kind of neat to see us get a district with a you know a few uh, super conference teams, and rather than just playing everybody in your conference, get some other teams get a chance to go play and see what you can do, and and hopefully we're hopefully we're able to compete. I know, I guess last year we're still we're still living with the class one A state champion the Montezuma from last year for basketball. So you know we we still got that bragging rights as a South Iowa Senior League. So 
that's always something to be proud of. Well, we're talking to Dan Stout, the excellent interview. He's the coach of the Kyoto High School basketball team. And then you say you've been doing it for 20 years? 20 years. Yep, this is my 20th year. Yep, it is. Well, excellent, excellent interview. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to mention? No, I think we got it all covered. I appreciate the coverage. I appreciate talking about the kids. And it's, uh, it's always an honor to get out there and, and like you said, let people know what's going on down here in Southeast Iowa. Well, I'll tell you what, you're, you're not as overlooked as you think because uh, through our coverage of uh, high school football, we, we grew to 130 cities in Iowa. Every yeah. every part of Iowa listens to this show and they come, uh, come here to find out about these athletes. So the desire's there. Uh, hopefully we can be the medium that bridges the gap between people the uh, not knowing about this wonderful team, but thank you for your efforts. Uh, you got a great team, uh, really enjoyed your stadium and your community, and thanks for talking with us. Hey, no problem, anytime. All right, bye. Bye.